Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Watch It. Today's episode was recorded on September the 21st, 2021. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, giving me practical joke ideas. Caffeine rage. On today's show, Sarah. <laughs> on today's show, we of course discuss the games that we have played this week. Valve Patents Instant Play Game Downloads. Gran Turismo 7's new, uh, big new campaign will require an internet connection. Sports games add more terrible monetization. We'll have our weekly community corner with a uh, a couple of submissions from the community. Activision Blizzard is now a federal case, not just in the state of California. And American and Euro Truck Simulator devs have mastered sim economics. That is the economics of sim games, not sim economics in their games. And if time allows, discovery games. Indeed, we'll have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the notes following their respective topics. Apologies for not having them last week unless Rage dug through and found them. Uh, no, I, I did had... not because I was setting it up at like 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I had a hell of a week last week. I am done being the uh, interim uh, clinic director um, or acting clinic director, whatever. Uh, my boss came back, but last week was was a doozy trying to do my job and managing the clinic and dealing with a couple of other situations. And so every time I intended to edit the show and do the stuff, I kept getting interrupted. So I didn't wind up editing the show until like Thursday night and I fell asleep at my desk while I was doing it. <laughs> Which is usually what I'm uh, originally posting it, assuming yeah. that I don't screw up and you know, Set it up to like 10 p.m. or something. Yeah. Usually I edit the show Wednesday morning or Wednesday night. Um, I try not to push it until Thursday if I can help it. Um, so, you know, we record on Tuesday. I edit the show on Wednesday and then it's ready on Thursday. And if there's an issue, you're like, hey, where is it or what's going on? And sometimes I accidentally. Or like you forgot the fucking uh, timestamps again. Right. But this time I didn't even get the show edited until Thursday night. I, I woke up, like I was sitting at my desk, I told Katie goodnight, I was like, alright, I gotta, I'm gonna edit the show, and then I'm coming to bed, and I fell asleep at my desk within like an hour, I woke up, and it was like midnight, and like Audacity sitting here, I was like, shit, I gotta finish this, and then go to bed, so I did, I made it, and then yesterday yeah. I kind of just And crashed. I didn't bother trying to dig for uh, timestamps, because like I said, it was within an hour of the show normally going live, so I didn't even bother scheduling. I just posted it. Yeah. We had a bunch of topics last week. No, I mean, we've got a decent amount this week, too, but we had more last week. We had, what was it, seven, I think? Uh, Eight? something like that. Plus a discovery queue. Yeah. So, shall we uh, get right to it? Yeah, let's get right to it. I'm a sleepy boy tonight, so... Uh... Alright, well, I'm still on my coffee, so... I'm I'm drinking tea, and this tea is caffeinated, but it can well, only get me so far. But what what game? Oh, do I have to send you a book pot or something? Maybe. <laughs> um, I I see what game you have played, and I'm sad I did not get to play it this week. But I am excited to hear uh, but, you talk about it. Yeah, I imagine you'll probably play it, uh, especially after I talk about it. So, Skatebird. 
kind of uh, the internet's newest little darling, kind of, sort of, uh, came to Game Pass, and it's a very, very charming game. It has some big flaws. Uh, it's not all smooth sailing on it, but it's charming and kind of fun to play. It's kind of my, you know, too long didn't read, even though you're listening to this. So you're playing a bird on a tiny skateboard in a bird-sized skate park made of, like, bendy straws, cardboard boxes, blankets, that sort of thing. And it actually has a lot more of a story to it than what they originally let on and all the pre-release stuff. Your big friend, your uh, owner, or, yeah, the bird's... Yeah, just friend. They don't come out and say that, yeah, this is their pet bird. It's just, you know, big friend. Uh, Has been feeling depressed. They uh, gave up skating. Uh, They hate their job. They hate their life. And the bird uh, has enlisted his bird friends to try to help their big friend feel better and start skating again. And they do it through the power of friendship and rad bird skating. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's cute. Uh, there, there's uh, just little things like whatever they talk about the tutorial. So many games talk about, uh, yo, okay, now you press this button to uh, do whatever. Well, this they talk about that, but then they say press the like the kick flick uh, the uh, the uh, the jump button in your mind. <laughs> And just, uh, yeah, little things like that. There's a fair amount of humor about it. Uh, There's callbacks to the old Tony Hawk games. Uh, At the end of the first area, there's only five areas, so the game is actually fairly short. You uh, enlist the friend of... uh, 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 Well, uh, you enlist the help of a friend of a friend who is Anthony Hawk, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, one of the missions, uh, uh, as you progress through the game, uh, each area you have birds around the uh, open area to talk to to start a, a short mission that's usually sub two minutes. And one of them is finding skate uh, letters, but they're but they don't appear until you start the mission. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Uh, they call the soundtrack. Uh, lo-fi burb hop. <laughs> so, uh, if you're, are you familiar with lo-fi music? Kind of uh, yes, slowish uh, with uh, some jazz mixed in, and maybe yeah. some sort of uh, uh, like spoken word in the background. Yeah, I listen to a well, lot of lo-fi while I do paperwork. Yeah, uh, when I uh, work uh, and do stuff, that I have to focus on pretty much the same for me. Uh. All the original songs are with nature documentaries in the background. So talk about how the heron <laughs> uh, hunts for fish. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it's just little touches like that. And then as you explore the world, you find mixtapes that unlock licensed music for like uh, uh, indie pop or indie rock bands. Uh and all the uh, different bands have links to wherever they sell their music as well, which is a nice touch that 
Honestly, you don't see that often these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, going to their garage band or uh, SoundCloud or wherever they're selling their music uh, to be able to check out the rest of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, overall, controls are fairly solid. There are some uh, quirks about it. Uh, for one, uh, there's the fancy meter. All right, let, let's just talk about this right off because it kind of uh, builds into how the game flows. So as you do tricks and as you run down ramps, you build up uh, your fancy meter, which is essentially how fast your bird is uh, going, but also it changes kind of how they act because as they start to uh, get more fancy, they start bopping their head to the bead and uh, uh, adding like little flares to moves. Uh, and for some areas, you have to kind of build up this meter in order to access different areas. So uh, the second area is the roof of the office uh, of the office building where your big friend works. But in order to transition from like one rooftop to the other, you have to have so much of your fancy meter to be able to use the transition button. Uh, or oh, sorry, the transition button in your mind, right? Yeah. Uh, and without that, you have to, yeah, you, know, you just can't do it. You have to build it up. And for some missions, which require you to transition to different areas, it can be uh, a little bit cumbersome uh, because, you know, it's just, it, 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 to me, these games have always been about freedom. You know, uh, approach a, a particular uh, tr- uh, skate park how you want. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are certain things to do. But at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, what you're up to. Uh, This, because of how the skate parks are built, sometimes it feels a little too linear. And maybe it's just because you get locked into a very small area if you're uh, not running. uh, It's not even a combo, because the fancy actually isn't uh, tied to the combo meter. The combo is completely separate. And they also throw in a couple extra things that because you are a bird, there's a couple extra things. So you could uh, squawk to extend a combo one turn or one move. Yeah. And you also have the air ollie, which is a double jump. Because you're a bird, you can flap your wings. <laughs> that's that's cute. Uh, so it does offer some additional movement, but everything is really tied to how high you built your fancy beater and just where you where you go within if you crash out, which honestly isn't that hard. Uh, it is a lot more forgiving, and there's a lot of accessibility options. So if you've never played a, a skateboarding game, you can get fairly far in this by uh, adjusting just how, t- uh, how uh, stringent it is on... Uh, lining up uh, your uh, uh, your landings to be able to uh, stick them. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other uh, settings. I know there's an overall global modifier for how fast or slow the game runs as well. So you can actually crank it up uh, to you know, be a little bit crazy. The game does run quite a bit slower than Tony Hawk. So if you're a veteran of this type of game, you can crank it up to be rather... Ab- absurd although there's really not much of a bonus to it as far as i could tell 
And there's also some rather silly options, like uh, turn, uh, make it so that the burbs uh, talk a little bit more crazily instead of yeah, you know, uh, talking like bird or you know, talking like people. They start squawking at one another, or they start talking like skater bros, which is funny. And you have squawky skater bro, bro birds. I, actually, I'm not sure if you could combine the two. I know Boy, that there's a I toggle. hope you can. And it's just adorable. So you could be a little owl with a fez skating around, or a raven with a, a rockabilly uh, Elvis hairdo. You know, that pompadour. <laughs> right? Yes. Love me a pompadour. Oh, just because it looks like a giant dick, right? I... I... No? Not really. I just have always... I get that you're just joking, but I have always liked the pompadour hairstyle. Uh, but there's that. There's quite a bit of adjustment. Uh, they have uh, stated that they're fixing a few issues that they didn't really think about uh, before the game launched. One is that the game, uh, in the distance, everything is a bit blurry uh, as a stylistic choice, and they didn't add a toggle to turn that off. Mm-hmm. Which, for some maps, it's a lot worse than others. The bedroom where you start off, it's a lot worse than the office building because it's more of a compact space and you can't really see all of the distance that well. But for the bedroom where everything is like... Uh, well, you have the floor level, then you have a couple like tables and such that you could uh, deal with. Uh, it it's very disorienting uh, there, uh, and they're also making it so that the camera behaves a little bit better. There's a few times that if you do something the camera doesn't expect, it could get a little bit confused, uh, or just uh, kind of have to snap back real quick, uh, rather awkwardly. Like yeah. I said, it's it's not without its faults, but it's Actually, quite a charming little game, and well worth playing on uh, Game Pass. I'm not sure about the $20 price tag, unless you're really invested into a skating bird game. Because it is rather short. I played it for a couple hours, just on and off, and I'm already pretty much done on the second map. So, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, But there's also a lot of little references, like... Uh, you have a, a kingfisher named Sam, uh, who is an infiltration expert. Yeah, and yes, he wears uh, uh, glowy night vision goggles. Well, of course, he has to. Them's <laughs> uh, the rules. I'm trying to think of some of the other references. It's one of those things that, uh, whenever you sit and try to talk about it, it's like, oh, well, the mind goes blank. Uh, and I'm going blank right now. Uh, like I said, real well worth uh, ch- at least checking out on Game Pass. And maybe if you could still catch it on sale, even though I think it'll be off sale by the time, or it's launch sale by the time the show goes live. So it'll be up to 20 bucks. So if you don't have Game Pass to play it that way, mm-hmm. that's that's what it'll cost you. Cool beans. Oh, and oh, I saw something on the reviews that uh, reminded me of something. Uh, so, any of the songs that have swear words in it, yeah, uh, uh, the swear words are censored with uh, squawks and uh, chirps. 
<laughs> like there's one song, uh, you know, that's very uh, uh, anti-authority, you know, uh, you know, your typical kind of indie rock. And talking about how, uh, you know, the superstars that said that they uh, were uh, were against the man really were the man. It gets rather sweary and it just, it took me a while to realize why there were so many bird calls in that song. <laughs> <laughs> because because I was focused on you know, uh, you know being a skate bird, a good good skate bird, and I didn't realize it for yeah you know, until hearing it a couple times uh, that oh yeah they were censoring it because it, yeah it kind of fits in and uh, because part of the combo extension feature that they have where you can just squawk well right yeah oh uh, that I will say this about the soundtrack. Uh, the very beginning is uh, very, very repetitive because uh, part of the unlocks, uh, there's different boards that you could get. Uh, as far as I can tell, no real stat changes, just how they look. Uh, clothing, but also another one is mixtapes. And whenever you get a mixtape, you add like between two and four songs from a particular from a particular band. So strongly suggest hunting up those mixtapes immediately because. Uh, while I do like the soundtrack, it does get very repetitive at the beginning because, whew. So, yeah. Sweet. Okie dokie. Um, the only new game I played this week, uh, just because of how much stuff I was having to deal with at work, you know, I was coming home, I was being tired and either playing stuff that I was familiar with or not even playing games at all if I was just coming in and, like, crashing after my kid was in bed. Um, I played a game called Will It Crush? Uh, on phone from the Google Play Store. This is a uh, sort of a clicker-style mobile app, or mobile app, a clicker-style, you know, game. Um, but it is a, like, giant uh, rock crusher wheel. And, I mean, the rocks are, are boxes, and you get different geometric s- shapes. You start out with just squares, but later on you get triangles and diamonds and Definitely other... Definitely not uh, uh, graphical intensity, but... No, it's a very simple um, game, and it's 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 just very soothing to look at and watch it happen. You know, like whenever you watch, um, I don't know, like kind of some fish swimming, or if you've ever gotten fixated on like a big industrial dryer as it, as it was running, or just something like that. Something that's like simple and easy on your eyes and sometimes you just sit. I was thinking watch. about about that with a little bit of will it blend? Yeah. And it's just really soothing to watch the giant crusher roller things smash the the boxes as they come in and when they get smashed they turn turn into little cubes and drop down to the bottom of the screen and there's like a little conveyor belt down there and they get pulled off to the side and then you get money for them. And of course, you can upgrade your stuff. You can give it more little like crushing spikes. You can make the make it spin faster. You can give it more torque so that it doesn't slow down as much or at all. Um, if it hits like really big chunks, um, but you know it's it's a clicker game. There's ways to improve and speed up the non-tapping aspect of it. You can tap and it'll spin faster. Now, uh, does somebody go in? Uh manually uh, fixes it whenever it gets jammed and uh, tempt the arm mangler. <laughs> no, but that would be great if it, if it did do that. 
Um, I don't uh, know. Like, if- uh, like if it gets jammed and you have to poke at it, just blood starts spurting on the screen. Whoopsie doodle. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's fun in a sort of relaxing, like, I'm going to watch some boxes crush. I'm going to tap it a few times, speed it up, and see what my next, like, update is supposed to be. I mean, it's no space plan, though. No, it is not a space plan. Not by a long shot. Unless something's going to happen whenever, I don't know, it's lulled me into a sense of security. But I don't think so. It's just a fun little clicker game that is very soothing to watch whenever you're tired or stressed out. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it does this sort of standard monetization thing for games of this type. You can buy stuff like you can buy booster packs. You can buy, um, certain resources. Um, I paid the like 99 cents to remove ads and that way I don't have to, cause every time you would level up, um, cause you know, you've got like a little level meter and whenever you raise your level, you get new stuff that you can try out. But every time you level up and every time you have a bonus pop up on screen, it makes you watch an ad. And so sometimes you can get like, you you could get like four or five ads strung together. And after like a couple days of playing this, I'm like, you know what? This is really soothing to watch. I think I want to keep this around. I'm going to, going to pay for it. And then I I went in and I was expecting it to be like two 99 or four 99, which are not super expensive, but you know, but no, it was like free. It's like update for free. Like, okay. I can do that. So that's that's will it crush? Um, I guess for me, it's kind of like watching the traffic in, uh, say, Skylines. Yeah. It's uh, kind of although, although probably less stressful whenever you know, it starts uh, backing up for no good reason. Right. Because somebody had to deliver a crate of donuts and decided to block my main thoroughfare again. Not that I'm bitter or anything about it. No, it doesn't sound that way. And I mean, you know, on a normal week, I probably wouldn't have talked about this. I probably would have played it and then just like let it slide on by. But, you know, obviously I'm hurting for new games that I've played. And I, I did play this this past week and I'm still playing it. So, I mean, I guess I could I could bore you with infantry tactics in the Battletech <laughs> universe, but we'll we'll save that for another day. Oh, yeah, we can't have it all at once, you know? No. All right, let me... Get back over here. All right. Our first big news story of the week. Valve patents instant play game downloads. Yeah, so this is not something that they have announced. This is somebody finding a patent that uh, Valve has posted uh, and has been granted and speculating on exactly what it is and trying to extrapolate on what it uh, what it could entail. So, yeah, this is not a feature that's coming anytime soon, or possibly ever. But this is them trying to figure out how to make it so that more games could behave like how some console games uh, can, where you download a portion of the game and you could play while the rest downloads in the background. There are some games that do- does it on uh, PC, but honestly, they're few and far between. So this is a server-side stuff that figures out what portions of the game need to be downloaded first and what files need to be accessed by the majority of players in the beginning of the game. 
so that they could be downloaded first and trick the game into running the rest while it downloads in the background. It's right. fascinating stuff, but at the same time, with the Steam Deck and everything coming out, it sounds promising, assuming they could get it working right. Yeah, that's the thing. Assuming they can get it working right. And supposedly, uh, they could do it and uh, if it works like the patent, uh, the developers don't really have to do anything to implement it. Right. But this is all using the power of the cloud. Woo! Right? Woo! Magical cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I gotta admit that the site has more clickbait articles on it than what actually they're talking about of the story. And this is one of the better sites I've found that actually talks about this because it's well, it's kind of late breaking today. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll probably know more in another week or two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boy, that, we didn't really have a lot to talk about on that one. It's more just, yeah, it's interesting, huh? Yeah, you were like, it's neat. And I'm like, okay, I'll put it on the list. Um, Next one that interests me a bit, uh, Gran Turismo 7's big new campaign will require an internet connection. So I, I've oh, talked right. ad nauseum, yeah, about Forza and Gran Turismo as like the best sort of quote-unquote mainstream sim games. Um, and they've had trade-offs on one thing or another where each one is better. Well, uh, considering Forza's, uh, Forza 7's going the way of the Dodo, uh, what, well, this week? Yeah, well, also Forza 7 turned out to be a piece of shit that didn't get... Um, or they, they were, tried to rely way too much on microtransactions and bullshit instead of just being a good mm-hmm. game that people wanted. Yeah, there was a lot that was just... I, I have no idea what's going on in this. It just seems like uh, microtransactions all the way down. Yeah. I'm sure if I stuck with it, that I would have figured it out. But it's just a lot of stuff like the different mods that uh, would change how the race uh, behaves, which were all consumable, by the way. Yeah. And, and you got in different packs, and it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Of course, you wouldn't know anything about that because you never got the fucking thing to run. Right. Not that you're um, bitter about that. No, not in the least bit. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah, so you, generally speaking, the entire game is going to require an online, always online internet connection. Um, they say the only part of the game that doesn't require an online connection is arcade mode, because it has no effect on save data. Yeah, but of course, they're marking this as anti-cheat, because, you know, uh, people's never, ever cheated in an online game, right? No, but not only not only that, I mean, Gran Turismo, by and large, is a single-player experience. It has multiplayer, but... Generally speaking, it's a single-player game. Who I have never understood why anyone cares if you cheat in a single-player game. Like, who cares? Ooh, ooh, I know. Uh, they do because they won't be able to sell as many market transactions. Right. We have no idea how they're going to monetize it, but if they're locking down single-player, right? Yeah. Although the article, they seem to miss the point in that last uh, paragraph, talking about I can't even think of the last time I unhooked my PlayStation 5 from the internet. It, it doesn't have to be you. There's so many links in the chain to be broken. Yeah, It, it could be, you know, just shitty connection between you and uh, the, uh, and the server, depending on how they even handle this, because it could be, you know, just uh, hey, you online? Yeah. Uh, okay, great. See you. Uh, talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, or like a simple check. 
or it could be constant talking back and forth, or it could be streaming uh, stuff from the servers to uh, fill out uh, extra game data. We have no idea exactly how they're handling this to begin with, because it's just saying an internet connection is required for campaign mode. Yep. And no mention of exactly why. Well, or exactly what that is doing, which is, oof, right? Yeah. I think it's interesting that they call it campaign mode, and maybe they have in other games that I just didn't realize, but it's like, it's not I really played, campaign. Or, I haven't played uh, Gran Turismo in ages, so. Yeah, I mean, all of them are just like, you're a driver, doing your team, Getting go frustrated at a, the license challenges. Yes. Because how the hell will I ever use this particular uh, skill set in a race, right? Yeah. Or at least that's what it was the last time I played uh, Grand Turismo. Some uh, stunt driving stuff that I would never use. Yeah. So, I don't... Yeah. I don't know if I have anything. I'm, I'm wor- the biggest thing that worries me about all of this is it's like always online means for us, not for them to steal yeah. a James Stephanie Sterling quote. Um, you know, that's, that's for us, not for them and not being able to play your single player Gran Turismo because their servers are offline. Bullshit. Or, hate or it. what about when Gran Turismo eight comes out and they mothball the servers? Assuming that they don't put out some sort of patch, because, right? Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Because there's no promise that they're going to keep these servers up uh, forever. As a matter of fact, it's quite the contrary. You got to imagine that there's going to be a very finite time, especially with a game that has licensed cars. So if they could make it where they could negotiate what that the game itself will go offline permanently. They might uh, be able to cut a better deal with some of these cars. Yeah. Not to go full tinfoil hatty, but right. Yeah, no. I uh, I understand it. Yeah, this is uh, not something to be celebrated. For. And honestly, uh, the comments on uh, this article yeah, are very upset <laughs> for good reason. Yeah. All right. So then that brings us to... Our next topic, um, which is Uh, sports games add more terrible monetization. So we have two articles talking about new or different monetization that two separate game studios are doing with their sports games. Uh, Two soccer games, mind you, which I think we've kind of made the mistake in the past of really ignoring sports games. I talked about this before the show, but... Uh, sports games are like the prototype or, you know, where they uh, try out different monetization schemes before they, I, I don't want to uh, say put it in more mainstream games because, uh, yeah, sports games are mainstream as well. It's just, a, you know, its own thing because target audiences, uh, there's not as much uh, cross-polarization between a sports game and like a shooter than you know, a shooter and an RPG, right? Yeah. Uh, but we've definitely seen things pop up in sports games before they've gone elsewhere. So, to have two pretty big uh, uh, studios talk about uh, what they're doing in their soccer games, oof. So, EA is still being dicks. They're 
having loot boxes, but they have uh, preview packs, which is something they debuted in last year's FIFA game, where essentially you get a pack and it highlights what's in it, and you can buy in to open it, or just uh, reject it, and it goes and sits on the store for who knows how long. Uh, saying they're taunting you uh, with your currency. Right. I mean, uh, it's still a slot machine. Yep. Just just because it's a slot machine that you can see what the payout is doesn't mean somebody doesn't still want it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're still keeping uh, loot boxes is... Well, I hate using the term gross, but it fits. No, it is gross. And, and the I mean... Well, it's been one of those things that uh, people use gross for things that you know are kind of normal. Yeah, J- I mean Jim Sterling has pushed back against this. They have they have said many times something along the lines of like, "Look, game companies will push and push and push, and they will get to the thing that the public outcries against, and then and they will go back one tiny level step." Yeah, where it's like, oh, this thing they were doing, it wasn't so bad. Or this thing I mean, they want to do, it wasn't as bad as it could I mean, sort of like how they did with the monetization of uh, Battlefront 2. Yep. Where they had it where, in order to play as Darth Vader, you had to grind, what was it, 40, 60 hours? It was for a For one lot. character? Yeah. So they stepped back. And they got semi-clades for it, but the fact that they made it that way in the first place, it's just incredibly disrespectful to the gamer. I mean, I know, I know. Uh, the, there was a, a, a Disney exec uh, with uh, his mouse ears, golden mouse ears, like, oh, we're going to make so much fucking money off this. Right, but, yeah. And the other one is Konami, because of course it's Konami, right? Right. Konami is Konami, and Konami is the fucking worst. <laughs> uh... Actually, it's kind of a, a toss-up. I mean, Konami's not much of a game developer anymore. It's more Plachinko in the, uh, well, it looks like one football game. So they're, I believe this is their free-to-play, yeah, their free-to-download, sorry, uh, football game that they're releasing. It has a 33-pound premium player pack. It gives you a chance of uh, chance deal items that you can't claim until November. Right. Mind you. The date is September 21st. So over a month, probably closer to two. And they don't even say what's in it. They just want you to prepay 22 pounds. Or sorry, 33 pounds. It's just what the hell, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, not surprised. Going to keep, you know, one eye open on this kind of stuff from now on. That way, hopefully we don't get blindsided by something in the future. Um, cause I mean, we've talked about this before and we've had this sentiment of like, you know, we don't think about them very much, but they're a huge part of the sales of, you know, for their parent companies. Okay. So the scheduled update is the 11th of November. So a m- month and a half ish. Yeah. Uh, you can't use any of the currency in the pack till uh, the 18th of November. So, an extra week. Yeah. Why uh, not? Why not there, you pay for loot boxes? Uh, there's, 
one of 16 uh, featured players with an exclusive design. It's just, oh, what the hell? And mind you, this game isn't even out yet. No, no, it is not. And they're talking about how... You can already pre-order loot boxes, essentially. And and they're talking about how the the game is going to be basically a demo when it launches. Which means bare bones, but monetized all to hell. Although I do appreciate some of the proud and accomplishment uh, comments in the <laughs> on this one. I mean, just... Uh, and I know, I know. Us getting kind of bent out of shape over two soccer games uh, as Americans uh, sounds rather silly. And to be honest, it is. Uh, but you also have to realize that soccer games outside of the U.S., especially in Europe, so fucking popular and so much money made on the microtransactions that it's a good chunk of uh, their yearly revenue. So the fact that they're putting out and I did the conversion, a $45 pre-order loot box package with a bunch of currency that you can't use for two months for a game that's not even out yet. People are going to buy this. They're going to buy a lot more than you or me can't even imagine, and they're gonna and Konami's gonna make so much money. They're gonna make so much uh, money that Kojima's gonna. Uh, they're they're not they're gonna just forget about Kojima, right? Right. No, I think you're correct. I think you are correct. They will make enough money to pack it in. Um, they're gonna make all the Polchinko machines out of this. Yeah. Oh, my computer is beeping at me. It's a bling, bling. I'm not clicking on anything. It's mad at me. It's like, hey, where, where's my loot boxes? Dang it. You'll never get them, my PC. You'll never get them. You won't be as shitty as Konami. You have my word. I, I, I think the 2K uh, uh, sports offering uh, for, uh, for basketball, 2K22... Uh, uh, basketball on top of having loot boxes they have add npcs in their uh open world uh player town now so that's another one to look out for right yeah i kind of skipped over that article like two weeks ago before really sitting and having a think about uh covering really sports titles because like i said we've uh, ignored this for a long time and it's and the ramifications have kind of blindsided us a few times so really should be paying more attention huh yeah and then that's that's on us for uh kind of ignoring like we said kind of ignoring sports games in the past just because we don't i mean we've said before you know stuff along lines of like you know these aren't our types of games but they're really popular with people we just, you know, don't engage with them, so we don't have much of the conversation. But it's like, well, yeah, but also they make a lot of money, so they're industry leaders in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and kind of drive what monetization goes into other games. So, you know, your next uh, big shooter, you know, Call of Duty, uh, whatever, uh, Call of Duty uh, Modern bullshit. <laughs> oh wait, they've already used that title. Modern Warfare Catch Twenty Two. Nah, that's uh, too intelligent for Call of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty Shooty Shooty Bang Bang. There you go. Right. 
works for me. Uh, uh, the, whenever they're developing the game, well, the marketing suits may look at what the sports games are doing and like, hey, we could use this, this, and this, and uh, monetization. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is kind of uh, crazy, because I do enjoy sports games somewhat, but I haven't touched them in ages outside of, you know, skating burbs. <laughs> right. Uh, or, you know, other indie offerings, because it's just so cancerous. Yeah. I haven't played a, a sports game in a long time that I've enjoyed. I have enjoyed them in the past, but it tends to be more, more of like, well, who am I playing with? Or what is my purpose for playing? Because uh, many... to throw a dodgeball and hit somebody in the face. Right. That is another excellent sports game. And that's the thing. It's that there are good sports games out there, but whenever people think of the mainstream sports games, it's kind of poisoned the uh, the well for, you know, really the genre. Yeah. Um, trying to think, what was the last sports game I played that I actually enjoyed? Uh, I played... One of the FIFAs, it's been five or six years ago. And the reason I enjoyed it was because I was playing with Katie. Until it got to the point where I was just so much better than her at the game. She's like, (laughs) this is when we first got together. She was like, how are you better at this game than me? You hate soccer. I was like, yes, I hate soccer, but I played video games for like two decades. Or like uh, when Ani and I were (laughs) one of our game nights, which we haven't actually had in a while should do that sometime. Uh, fired up the retro pie and was playing Super Mario Brothers 3 together. And mind you, Mario 3 is one of my test beds for an emulator. Because it's one of those games I know how it's supposed to feel and play. So whenever I'm doing a test, that's a game I'll load up and start playing to you know, get a feel for controls and uh, that sort of thing. And there's quite a few different implementation or yeah, uh, ports of it on different uh, Nintendo platforms. So right, yeah. So started playing through, and she hasn't played a platformer like that, especially you know an old Mario game in ages. Yeah, that. Yeah, if you haven't played the NES era, Mario had a very very limited move set. <laughs> so. That's so I would just go right through a level with very little trouble. And then she would, uh, I think, expect like a wall jump or something. Because she would uh, play uh, the ones on the 3DS, uh, which has you know all the advanced movesets and uh, that, that the old school stuff just doesn't have. As a matter of fact, you don't even start really seeing until like Mario 64. With a little bit of like Super Mario World. And yeah. started to get frustrated with it. It was more... She's not bad at it. It's just she's not used to this particular game or this old of a game that is almost as old as her. While it's one of my test games. It's one uh, game that though Not inside and out, but I could get pretty far in it without much issue. So, yeah. All right. Um... I don't think I have anything else to add. Do you? Uh, not really outside of uh, fuck uh, EA and Konami. Right. Fuck them. Which, which really makes me sad. I used to really like Konami games. Yeah. 
And uh, once upon a time, I liked EA games too, or EA yeah. games that published under EA. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Yeah, it turns out the Konami code now is uh, swapping, uh, swiping your credit card. Indeed, faster, in many cases, easier, but not as good. Well, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, either games or just Metal Gear Survive? Yes. So, moving along to Community Corner. Indeed. Um, let me pull up. I minimize the tab with the show notes in it. Let's see. Our next topic into the Community Corner. Community Corner? Community Corner. First up, Activision Blizzard is now a federal case. Blizzard. Blizzard. Did I say buzzard? I thought I said blizzard. Oh, you said like blizzard. No. At least Act- to my ear. Arc Division blizzard. Oh, no. Uh, it kind of feels like we need a drink with uh, all the court proceedings, huh? If I took a drink, I would just instantly fall asleep. And throw up. <laughs> Not from just one drink. I think one drink would just put me asleep. But anyways, yes. Uh, so, yeah, they're going federal. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I watched the Hodge Law. Uh, well, I should say, listen to because you know, uh, video uh, that was posted and grabbed a few extra links to try to make sense of it all because they're being uh, well, they're being investigated by the SEC, which is let me the area the sorry the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Which sounds a little odd, considering what uh, their shenanigans they've had. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, sexism, having their dude bro culture, being general assholes. And the Hadja uh, law video kind of uh, tears it down into one of two possibilities. One is that they're checking to see if anything else has gone on. Uh, just by you know, hearing on the news about it and bring and looking for bad actors on the financial side of things. But the more interesting one is the possibility that this could trigger some sort of insider trading uh, deal. Now, this is still in the infancy of the investigation. Uh, they basically just got to the point where, uh, according to everything I've read and understood, uh, they found that there was enough there to start a formal investigation, which allows subpoena powers and to start gathering a proper amount of information to start filing and uh, bring in people to talk to. Right. Now, the uh, the entire trading possibility of it is uh, a spinoff of the California lawsuit. Basically, uh, saying that they're uh, according to Hodge Law, assuming I'm understanding this correctly, and there's a high possibility I'm not because, right, I am not a lawyer, I do not pretend to be one. You did not stay in a what is it, Motel 6? Are they the Holiday ones in commercial oh, Holiday Inn Express? Holiday Inn Express, there you go. You did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express, or at least not you know, for a couple of years. Um, but uh, from what I understand is that because they were not up front with 
uh, the possibility of their uh, involvements with the state of California and the fallouts from that. That could trigger some sort of insider trading because people were moving stocks before they disclosed that there was an investigation going on before it broke and became, you know, widely known news. Yeah. Which is an interesting way to fuck up, huh? Yep. Now, mind you, according to Hodge Law, this is not a huge thing for them, at least not yet. A good majority of these cases either just, you know, fade away, uh, there's arbitration, a settlement of some sort, or a fine, uh, uh, a settlement with uh, a hurt party, which would be the shareholders, or they just decide that there's a-, a case there, but it's not strong enough to go after because they only have so much, you know, enforcement, you know, so many uh, uh, people to go after, uh, so they go after the bigger fish. Mind yeah. you, this is Activision Blizzard, so they there's fewer, there's very few bigger fish out there. Yeah, there's there's a few, but not not that many. And I was I was about to make a similar point of like, on the one hand, it's really exciting and it seems like a big deal, but lots of cases don't make it to actual trial, and even ones that do don't always you know end in a uh, victory for or end in a defeat for the the company or the the party in question. So. But it is the beginning of something. Like you said, like Activision Blizzard is a big fish. They might pursue this and, and set to make an example out of them. I kind of hate that the United States does it this way. Yeah. On a a bit of a medium-sized tangent, small oh, to medium-sized tangent. I mean, the United States is one, not the only, but one of the only countries in the world that has decided that we should legislate via court cases as opposed to just having a strong governing body that um dictates uh terms and punishments for for these sorts of things and and be it you know environmental hazards work poor working conditions um things like insider trading like the united states operates on a lawsuit basis where mm-hmm. there has to be an offended party not always but generally speaking there has to be an offended party or offended parties that come together to sue the company into or, or bringing some type of lawsuit, not necessarily just suing. It could be other stuff, but bringing some type of lawsuit against a company and then hoping you get the right verdict and then hoping that the punitive action is carried out in full instead of being reduced, like how it almost always is. I mean, hell, that's how the Texas uh, heartbeat uh, abortion ban uh, uh, is operating is that. Since there's no state level official uh, working to enforce it because they deputized all the citizens yeah. uh, until very recently, there's been no way to bring it to court. Well, now there's somebody that actively is defying it and triggering lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, to try to uh, you know get it struck down. But yeah, we're looking at three weeks before yeah. it even got started. And I would I would say in an equal and fair system, this is probably a better way to do it. But the system is not equal and it is not fair. It's heavily in favor of t- usually the offended party or the offending party. Mm-hmm. 
being the you know the companies in question, they are the ones with the majority power. They are the ones that get to dictate the the terms in court. Sometimes via you know the ability to just have a stronger legal team by having more funds. Sometimes by you know having legislators be in position to uh, do things for them. Oh, and, and don't forget you know, the uh, uh, the obvious one is that whenever they do get a fine, it's nowhere near as much as what they made doing whatever. Yes. I, I listened to a podcast called You're Wrong About, um, and they covered the uh, McDonald's coffee, the the old lady who spilled coffee in her lap, and like that whole uh, that, that one, uh, debacle. Is, that one's more the media pointing and laughing and not understanding the case. Yes, absolutely. But at the heart of the case, like when she took it to court and sued and, and won the initial settlement, which was of course reduced. It was like the amount of money that she got was two days worth of coffee sales for McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Like it was, and it was nothing. It was so small, like for, for, um, you know, for McDonald's, it's like two days worth of coffee sales in whatever it was, the eighties or the nineties, it was like $2 million, not quite $2 million, right around $2 million. She was originally trying to sue for <clears throat> just medical bill. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. She was just originally trying suing to sue for, for, yeah, medical bills because she had third degree burns. Yes. They had uh, the coffee machine turned up so high to try to discourage people from getting refills in the store. Even though this was the drive-through, uh, this was uh, you know it's still the same coffee machine. Yeah, it was like what 190 degrees or yeah, it was something just like shot that. Boiling. Yeah. Never mind the fact that you know coffee uh, uh, brewed that in hot and held that, that high heat. Uh, James Hoffman would not approve. No. This and this was. Mm. So so much for a small or medium sized tangent. This was um, in the days before cup holders were common in cars, and so every like okay, I love how that company I love in a sarcastic way how that company you know or corporate officials, lawyers and stuff, in order to even like seem you, you know plausible that they have no idea, like they have to ignore how human beings behave. It's like you have to willfully ignore normal ass human behavior it's like who would take hot coffee in their car without a cup holder it's like bitch people drink coffee in their cars they've done it since cars were invented like what do you mean who does would drink coffee in their car anyways yeah it hey, bothers like, me uh, hell uh, people have been drinking uh, coffee on the move since before the car was invented that's true very true I drink coffee in my car every day. Every day. Well, maybe not Saturday and Sunday, but every day I go to work, I drink coffee in the car. I wonder how much money and like lives cup holders just becoming standard equipment in cars like has saved. Cause see, you know, not, not it's not just like hot coffee in lap, you know, spillage issues, but you know, you try to like you go to you hit a bump or something and you like go to grab your coffee in the seat or whatever, so it doesn't fall over, and then you wind up crashing. It's like, now it's just in the cup holder, now, like, it might spill a little bit, but that's okay. Never mind the fact that, uh, uh, yeah, travel mugs have gotten so much better, right? 
indeed. I dumped today on my way home from work. I had Diet Coke in my cup instead of instead of coffee in my like my little travel travel mug. Um, I like I turned it upside down by accident. Didn't spill a drop. It's just like mm, beautiful. That's why I love you. Yeah, uh, mine. Uh, I usually use it on Sundays when Ani and I go to the grocery store, and you know, I need my go juice to you know be able to function. Uh, got home uh, and set the coffee down, and uh, knocked it off. And the the lid wasn't completely seared on the little flap. Yeah, uh, and it spilled like a teaspoon of coffee. <laughs> nice. Yeah, invest in a in a good. Um, travel mug. Mine keeps beverages piping hot or freezing cold for hours, depending on what you're doing with it, and is very spill resistant. I won't say spill proof, but spill resistant. How even my normal coffee mug is uh, a set of travel mugs, uh, even though uh, they're more the mug shape than my my big, uh, you know, uh, you know, I uh, gotta go uh, get some food. Uh, travel mug. Yeah. So Hell, just the last little sip of coffee I had out of this thing. It was still pretty damn hot, and I made it three and a half, almost four hours ago. Yeah. Good travel mugs. worth worth the investment. Also, Blizzard, Activision, fuck them. I hope they lose in federal court. I hope they lose in all the courts. I hope that company yeah. is buried. Although, although, according to everything I've read, uh, the federal federal court case, not nearly as big a deal as the one against them in California. Yeah, I, su- I suspect California would be way harsher it, on them. Even though it sounds you know, like, oh no, they have a federal lawsuit against them now, or a federal investigation. Uh, it's a very limited thing on a very particular subject. California could throw the book at them. Yeah. And I hope they I hope they throw all the books at them, both literally <laughs> and legally. Fuck Blizzard, fuck Activision, fuck Bobby Kotick, not literally. Well, maybe if you had enough uh, you know, booze in you. I mean, let's be real. If he paid me enough money, I'd fuck him. <laughs> uh, what if it's a loot box? Um, No. I would tell him, okay, if you want to pay me, you know, with with a, a loot box that may contain money, um, I'll fuck you with a gun that may contain bullets. <laughs> well, that got dark. Indeed. Indeed. It did. That was so, the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. Well, well, you are in the South. I am in the South. I'm a gun-toting liberal, bitch. Come at me, bro. Kid, do the kids these days still say that? Fight me. I don't know. According to Anita, they're being little assholes, uh, stealing shit. Kids are always little assholes. Yeah, but now they have the TikToks. That is and, true. And, and what's worse is that since she has middle school, uh, you know, it's right that age where they're extremely dumb. D- dumber-er. Yeah, and also starting to get in social media and being just, right... I'm yeah. so glad we didn't have social media when we were kids. Jesus Christ, yes. <laughs> oh, God. I would have been so screwed with social media as a kid. 
social media was around when I was in middle school and until I got to college. And even then, I just barely used it. Yeah, but now you're on there all the time uh, upsetting uh, uh, the conservatives, right? Posting my spicy memes with conservative <laughs> tears. Oh. But, okay. Uh, yes. What's, what's, what's next? American and Euro Truck Simulator. Yes. A thing about a game. <laughs> um, American and Euro Truck Simulator 2 devs have mastered sim economics. The way the headline is written, as we implied during the uh, the opening, reading the topics, um, makes it seem like they have mastered their in-game uh, sim economics. But no, the economics of selling and and managing and maintaining simulator games. Yeah, because honestly, the in-game economics kind of suck. Yeah, I mean they're they're you know serviceable, they're passable. Um, mods do it better, but. Uh- of course. As as they often do. But I mean they, they work, you know. They get the job done, I guess, is is best. But way this to say is it. talking more about selling a very good, well polished, but sm- uh, well, I shouldn't even say small, but semi small uh base game and then iterating on that while still maintaining uh, the original base game. So going back every so often, especially for Eurotruck, which is the older of the two, and refurbishing the original maps, uh, adding features, and uh, just kind of polishing things. While still putting out quality map packs, but also keeping the prices down. So the base game goes sub $5 regularly. And map packs... Uh, often go below 10 and don't even really uh, launch above 20, I believe. Could be mistaken on that one, though. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. And I mean, really, what they're saying is that just have a business practice or just sell things to people in a way that doesn't try to steal money from them. Honestly, I would say... uh, Snowrunner is also doing something very similar. Yeah. Where, where the base game is very polished and feels complete, but it has a large amount of uh, maps and stuff in the DLC that they uh, either you get the pass and get it in doses or buy it piecemeal. Yeah. At a pretty cheap price overall. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm just checking the price of so Wyoming, I think, just came out, and that is uh, 12 bucks. Texas is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> That's the next one. Yeah. Um, obviously, American Truck Sim. Right. But, I mean, I can, you know, I, I agree. I think that they have done it pretty, pretty solidly so far. You know, like you said, polished base game. Um, the DLCs that they put out. Like the the big ones, you know, their their content expansions feel worth the money. They add new features as they go along. They've got their smaller sort of cosmetic DLCs to earn some extra cash for for them. Which you know, the it's just cosmetics argument and whatnot. Like you know, fair fair play, but it, it they're not loot boxes. You can see and get what you want. And it's a single player focused game. 
Although yeah. they did just release a multiplayer and American Truck Simulator. Right. Um, when before multiplayer was only accessible via a mod. Yeah, although I don't see them talking about one of the major points on this. The events. I was literally about to bring that up. I was like, one thing that they didn't mention, though, that helps is that they do their events. Some of them connected to real world stuff. Some of them... Just holidays? Yeah, just holidays like, uh, or other... Like uh, hauling different... Uh, uh, trucks full of uh, gifts and stuff uh, around the map. Uh, uh, the big surf event in uh, American Truck Sim where you're hauling stuff and uh, trying to reopen a, a road that was closed in real life due to a landslide, if I recall correctly. Yes. And whenever there's something that's big that happens in the real world, they'll sometimes reflect it in a game like Big Surf where uh, they closed a section of road in the game to mirror real life. Yeah. And while it certainly had some, there was some complications with the way that they handled it. Um, they did a thing for COVID um, with vaccines, trans mm-hmm. transporting COVID vaccines around. Which uh, is something that gives uh, more than just, well, uh, it's a trucking game. No, there's a bit more to it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yes, it is a trucking game, but also, yes, there is more to it. It's uh, it's neat. Um, and, and never mind the community that pops up around it. I mean, just take a look at some of the screenshots, some of yeah. the truck shots, landscapes. And it's for a simulator game. It's actually very pretty. There's kind of a thing with uh, simulator games where they uh, focus more on the technical side of things, and the graphics are very mundane or very basic, but. They go all out to make the game pretty. Yeah. It's very tough to run the game at that level, but it is possible. And honestly, if the game was, uh, you know, looked like it came, or I should say, looked like it still did when it came out, which sounds uh, like a backhanded compliment, but they have gone through and really renovated the graphics. I don't yeah. think it'd be as popular as it uh, is now because, yeah, you, you can only drop through a mundane landscape for so long, unless you're on a charity stream. Yeah, I um, I, I've said a couple of times here recently, at least to you. I don't remember if I've said it on the show or not, but I do like what really want to go back and play some more, and I just don't like Snowrunner. I've been playing Snowrunner a shitload. <laughs> you know, whenever I ha- have been, you know, wanting to do some trucking. Uh, but I, I mean, a couple of years ago, I played Euro and American Truck Simulator a lot and listened to podcasts and audiobooks. And, you know, like I will be doing that again eventually. It'll happen. And I'll, you know, buy the the DLCs that have came out since I played. And, you know, they'll be on sale and I'll buy them and I'll go back to trucking around. Mm hmm. Maybe not grab all the map packs, but grab a good chunk of them. Yeah. I'll probably start over, too. Like, I've got, you know, save games with stuff, but i probably just start over. Although, uh, there is a kind of a difference between American Truck Sim and uh, Euro Truck Sim on how they handle uh, their map packs. American Truck Sim, it tends to be state-specific. So, you know, Idaho, Utah, Washington, uh, New Mexico, that sort of thing. 
but then you go uh, to Eurotruck and it's by region, which uh, makes sense because yeah, areas, but uh, yeah, a, a smaller map overall if you go by country. Yeah, mostly. I mean, there are you know some uh, map packs that were focused on a very particular country, but they tend to go more broad regions, which it's kind of just the way ge- uh, the geography of the U.S. versus Europe, where uh, you know an individual DLC might have very different uh, geography just because the states are very varied on just how they look, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I really wanted to get to the Southeast in America, just mm-hmm. since that's, that's my region. I like to drive around. Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, Alabama, and um, uh, Mississippi. All I, states I that I have traveled they, extensively. I think once they get to the Northeast, they're going to abandon the uh, the state uh, piecemeal uh, DLC and go, start going by uh, groups. Because some of these states are way too small, especially with the scale of uh, the game. I mean, the Rhode Island DLC will be like a city. Right? Yeah. Or how uh, uh, Maryland would be an interesting one just because of how it's shaped. So I definitely see uh, them eventually uh, starting to lump uh, states together into possibly regions or just multi state packs. Yeah. But they're still, you know, they're just barely getting to the Midwest. So, yeah, we're probably looking at another good three or four years before they even start approaching the East Coast. Yeah, that's okay, though. I'll wait. I'm okay to wait. Mm -hmm. And I think that is it for the Community Corner. If you were to contribute, you can do so via podcast at gmail.com, via podcast on the Twitter, or drop by the Discord, which you can find find a link to that over at bglpodcast.podbean.com. Indeed. So you awake enough for a doobly-doo? I think so. We'll give it a shot. If I, you know, if I fall asleep, just, uh, I don't know, call uh, me repeatedly until I wake up. My phone is not on silent. Okay. So, since we were talking about a simulator, how about a simulator? Potion Craft Alchemist Simulator. This just went into early access today, I believe. And you are an alchemist in... Kind of, you know, fantasy, medieval Europe, you know, that random uh, section of uh, Great Britain that fantasy uh, seems to always be in. And you are an alchemist uh, making potions to sell to people with a little bit of, like, gardening uh, simulator in it, some uh, 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 visual novel stuff, uh, haggling. Uh, The alchemy... side of things sounds interesting where there's like a map of different effects and you can plot out uh, how you brew the potion to get different effects. Yeah. So you can kind of combine and uh, figure out uh, where you uh, you want to take uh, a particular potion uh, for a uh, client. Yeah. But also save the recipe so you don't have to do it every single time and just have to follow your recipe. It sounds very interesting. It's, like I said, early access just came out. Yeah, it came out today, and they are expecting a 
Well, they're not even giving a full t- a time frame. They're just saying periodic updates. Right. So yeah. Spe- speaking of simulator games, I got Gas Station Simulator. I've uh, seen that pop up a couple times. Buy an abandoned gas station and restore it to its full glory. Renovate, upgrade, and expand upon the offered services to keep up with client demands. It's got a 1950s, like, Midwestern, like, maybe, like, you know, Route 66 sort of a vibe to it. Um, I mean, it just looks like a I mean, number of these other simulator games. Or I you... mean, this is not their first time. I mean, they no, have yeah, a, a few of these. Oh, yeah, right here on the uh, the one of the videos somewhere. Where the trailers somewhere off of Route 66. I kind of really like this. I I don't know what it is about like a rustic gas station with like you know 1950s and 60s themed cars and furniture and and whatnot, but kind of really like it. Oh, and an Airstream trailer, neat. I like how that they're doing their announcements as like pinup girls. That's also very cool. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it could be total hot garbage. I don't know, but I like it. It's like 20 bucks. The World War Z Aftermath. Very, very mixed reviews. It looks like it's mostly due to the Australian servers. Which is oof, right? Yeah. So, a co-op zombie shooter. I think sort of like uh, Left 4 Dead, from what I can tell. Only with more of the horde mode uh, active. I mean, it sounds interesting, but however, you know, mixed reviews, uh, some regional server issues, and it does sound like this is kind of a rehash of a previously released game. So, yeah, right? Yeah. Kind of, uh, I think it's more of a buyer beware at this point than anything. Yeah. I got uh, Scrap Knot. Uh, co-op or single-player top-down base-building and survival game. Kind of looks like a cutesy, you know, like a cutesy one of these, you know, factory, you know, factorio-esque type games. Um, But it's take care of, you know, survival. So food, water, health, um, build your stuff, research, generate electricity, explore the map. But it's got a neat sort of I don't want to say steampunk. That's the wrong kind of. Maybe it is steampunk. Um, I don't think that's steampunk aesthetic, but it does look neat. Uh, I I like the look of it, and I mean, you know, I love myself a simulator game. I would call that kind of steampunkish. Kind of steampunkish, yeah. But I mean, it doesn't go full on in, but it definitely has kind of the, you know, that base to it. Yeah. It's on sale for 30% off right now. It's got mostly positive reviews overall. So, seems neat. Okay, well, I was spending a little bit of time with this one because... Alright, so Sheltered 2. This is a sequel to Sheltered. I'm going to have to... Oh, damn. I didn't copy the title. There we go. And... Go ahead and clean back links a little bit because right yeah so sheltered to a uh well 
building a essentially a fallout shelter uh ask a survival game where you're, you're managing a group of survivors from some sort of uh, of uh post-apocalyptic uh thing it looks like zombies from uh, some of the screenshots but not 100 percent sure yeah uh, some mixed reviews saying that the interface is a bit clunky. It's they changed it where it's more 3D than the original, uh, but people are saying that the first one's better. And uh, it, the the developers getting a little salty on some of these reviews. Uh, played it for an hour and uh, think the original one's better. Yeah, uh, and the developer took umbrage with that because right. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look terrible, but at the same time, you know, if the first one's better, you know, can't really uh, go against that one, huh? Yeah. Um. So I got Plague Tale Requiem, uh, the sequel to Plague Tale Innocence. Um. I I mean, Plague the, the first a uh, Plague Tale was very dark, very very atmospheric, very um sort of broody tried to do a couple of big things with its story um interesting uh overall i think um it broke in some ways like if you broke the illusion that it was you know breaking the tension that it wasn't actually as sort of pressing and action oriented Uh, it was a lot a lot of set pieces but it told a really good interesting story about a couple of kids just trying to survive um this really weird like rat plague um so hopefully the sequel can do i don't want to say something similar but just similar in the sense of like it can pull off a good story not a lot this has got a release looks like it's it's hit early for pre-order um wishlisting and pre-ordering looks like it's supposed to release in 2022 so actually that's not that far away anymore never mind uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's I, autumn almost. Yeah, the um, it looks a lot. At least in the screenshots that they're showing, it looks a lot brighter than a Plague Tale Innocence did. There were certainly moments of like daylight and sunlight in the first game, but generally speaking, it was very dark, very um, you know, sort of broody, gloomy, gothic atmosphere. And this looks more you know bright and illuminated. So. Who knows how this will actually turn out. But I hope it's good. The first one was good, so I hope this one's good. Okay, so I got Tales of Iron. This is where you play as a mouse on a platformer slash uh, action RPG. It looks very interesting. It it feels a little bit Metroidvania-ish, unless uh, I'm mistaken, though. I don't think it is. Uh, people are calling it a Souls-like, though, which, no. I highly doubt that. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a, another one of those tags that I absolutely despise seeing on a game because nine times out of ten, it's wrong. Yeah. Just because a game's difficult doesn't make it a Souls-like. Uh, sort of like how a roguelike isn't because it has uh, some sort of procedural generation. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, since I went off on a tangent... Uh, it does look like it has some pretty brutal combat, at least uh, from uh, the screenshots and the trailers. With 
uh, some crafting and uh, reforging of weapons, and yeah, it looks it has a very striking uh, just art style to it. That uh, the screenshots don't do it justice. The, you really need to look at the trailer in order to get a feel for how it moves. Yeah, uh, that's one I'm probably going to pick up sooner or later. Not sure if I want to buy it. Twenty-two bucks though. Because that's starting to get a little bit out of the uh, you know, impulse buy. Right. That's just because I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> that is that is okay and understandable. Um, okay. I got the Magister, a murder mystery card battle RPG. Um I do want to throw some more buzzwords in. It's I do want to yes. use social deduction as well. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Build and customize your deck to fight in battles or use, quote, tactical diplomacy to pacify those who stand in your way. Gather clues and discover motives as you investigate the death of your predecessor and unmask the guilty culprit. I mean, it looks neat. It's got a very um, uh, broody, sort of gothic horror art style. Um giving me some sort of like darkest dungeon Cthulhu vibes. Um, and who, who, you know, it might turn out to, to have some of that stuff in there, but, um, this looks neat. It looks like they, they have smashed together some concepts that don't normally go together. I mean, one of these might exist somewhere and I'm not aware of it. This is the first time I've ever seen this specific combination of game ideas. So especially for a detective title. Yeah. Uh, the question is, is it all set mysteries or, can you, you have some sort of procedural generation? Because that's something we've talked about on like pitch a game ages ago with a detective game with proper procedural generation. So you have to figure out what's going on and you just you know, don't learn it all. Yeah. So I got Agarami 2. I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation of that, but a third person stealth game where you play as an assassin with the power to control shadows. Ooh. Fancy. Uh, it looks like it's a lot more focused on uh, combat this time around, though, based on some of the reviews, where the first one was more of a stealth game. This one's more... Eh, uh, well, the top review. It's still a stealth mission if there's no witnesses. <laughs> Touche. Uh Looks like up to three-player co-op, uh, though, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. So Not my thing, but someone out there might like it. Yeah. I got City of Gangsters. Uh, management tycoon game where you're a uh, criminal organization in the uh, 1920s and 30s. Um, build speakeasies, distilleries, manage production chains smuggle goods, bribe the police. My kind of game. A a mob management game. Uh is this the one I played on Game Pass that No the, the I think that no this one's a different one. The uh I played the latest I think it was Paradox offering. And it was kind of underwhelming. Hopefully this one's better, right? Yeah. So I got I am fish. <laughs> what I am uh, fish yeah uh, this is from the same uh, developer that did I am bread 
a oh. physics platformer. I played a bit of this. I haven't played enough to talk about it in uh, games we played. I need to go play another level or two of it. It's a very, very short game. And uh, it's basically the like the end sequence of Finding Nemo as a physics-based platformer. So you uh, go through different containers and such as a fish, and you're nudging and rolling them around. You start off in like this uh, incredibly small uh, fishbowl that just happens to have a sealable lid on it, and you're rolling it around like it's a hamster ball. And the entire premise is you're trying to reunite with your four friends that has you know, different powers, uh, at least according to the screenshots, because I haven't actually gotten to those yet. Uh, it, it is cute. It's very funny. Uh, but it's one of these games where it's uh, the, the, the game has intentionally bad controls or intentionally twitchy controls. And there's a lot of times that no idea what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. And uh, there's really no clue on what you're supposed to do. There are options to just skip ahead if you have trouble in an area. But, you know, it's already a short game, so skipping ahead, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it more in a, probably a week or two, uh, because we do have Game Club next week. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's I'll, I'd say try it on Game Pass. Do not buy it for you know twenty bucks. Uh, Fifteen is already pushing it, and that's yeah you know, the sale price till the end of the month. But that's just my opinion on that one. I, I just this is the same developer that did Search and Simulator. Right, that should give you an idea of things, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, I got Beyond Contact, a isometric sci-fi survival crafting game um, with a cute art style. Like, you know, sci-fi survival crafting. I'm in. Uh, that's probably all you need to know. Actually, is it is it co-op? It does have cooperative play, so there you go. Yeah, I'm just looking at this one. Hang on. Oh, that's, uh, that's a, a porn game. Well, it's been a while since you got those. It has been a while since I've had a porn game. That's my last one, too. I had a, I had a couple others that I skipped past because you you had them already. Yeah, like I got ga- uh, gas station simulator. So I got Severed Steel, a stylish first person FPS featuring a fluid stunt system, destructible voxel uh, environments, loads of bullet time, and a unique one armed protagonist. Oh, and a dark electronic soundtrack because of course, I mean it looks sort of like an upgraded version of uh, Super Hot. Yeah. Only with uh, some sort of uh, overarching progression system and maybe some procedural generation going on. With uh, a bunch of uh, fully uh, destructible environments as well. Although they are touting uh, a, a really good AI, so we'd see about that one, right? Yeah. Uh, looks like uh, there's a campaign mode with six uh, story chapters. It is not an early access game, so there is that. And it looks like this is their first game, at least on Steam. So, I mean, it is impressive looking. So, yeah. Sweet. Anyway, continuing on. And now for something completely different. Story of Seven Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town. Uh, well, Story of Seasons, also known as Harvest Moon. Ah, ah, 
there's just something about the graphics of three seasons. It, it looks so much like a mobile game these days. Maybe it's just the the art style, you know, not aging that well or keeping that particular style. I, I don't know where it is. I just have this weird disconnect with it. Yeah, but there are a lot of DLC for this, and that's. I mean, they have an expansion pack and all sorts of uh, cosmetic DLC for a game that just came out, right? Yeah. Although it looks like this one actually has some good reviews. Uh, Story seasons have really been hurting lately. So, you know, to see one that actually seems like it's halfway decent, it's a nice change of pace. Although I do agree with uh, this one. Uh, Much rather see Rune Factory. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but the, for those who don't know, uh, yeah, uh, Story Seasons uh, uh, slash uh, Harvest Moon. If you played uh, Stardew Valley, it's basically uh, the same premise. You get a farm, uh, uh, build it up, uh, fix it up, um, uh, make uh, connections with the town, uh, uh, meet someone, marry them, uh, have a kid that does absolutely nothing uh, on the farm because you know it's not programmed that far ahead. I, I still think, unless uh, Story of Seasons does something very different, uh, Stardew Valley it has a more connected feel because everybody has some sort of story going on. While uh, the uh, essentially the love interests are the ones that always had something going on, at least in the old Harvest Moons games. I haven't played one in ages, though, so I could be mistaken on that one. So... Surprised I actually haven't had this one, or you haven't in the uh, the uh, Discovery Queue. Destroy all humans. I talked about this a while back. Uh, to me, it hasn't aged all that well, but it's also a lot of uh, a lot more stealth missions than what you would expect, and a lot more have to follow exactly what the game says, at least in the early game. And just I found it frustrating. But if you are a fan of the Original, well, this is the remaster and the sequel of it has already been leaked slash confirmed, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. So, hey, you got more Destroy All Humans coming up. Um, Hey, how about something uh, that we haven't seen before? A Safa-based survival game. Hey, never see that. Where, where you're on a hostile world that's trying to kill you. What? That's crazy. That never happens. This looks like this one has a bit more of a crafty component with uh, uh, more of a farming aspect to it, at least from the screenshots. Early access, so yeah, a long ways to go to see exactly where they're going with this, assuming that yeah, they actually reach the end of the road, because there's always that danger with these. Right. It is on your wish list, so that I know that doesn't really mean much. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, it's Beyond Contact, by the way, huh? don't think I actually said the name of it. Wait, isn't that the one that I... Uh, yeah, or, that's the one or, that I said uh, a minute I, ago. I, I, must, I must have uh, blanked out. That's okay. Uh, or, you know, it's, it, it was so generic, it's just, uh, right? Yeah. Nope, that is fair. And uh, my last one was FIFA 22 because it hurt us talking about it. Do not buy FIFA. No, don't, don't do that. Just skip a year on your uh, sports games. Go, go play the football somewhere else. Man, that was the end of my queue. Sweet. Well, yeah, I guess rich. I just I, I guess I just saw another uh, sci-fi survival game. It's just 
Eh, right. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't really talk all that much about it. I was like, another sci-fi survival game. Uh, I think I was in the middle of trying to figure out, uh, you know, uh, Severed Steel, I think it was. Or whatever one I talked about afterwards, because there was a couple that I had to look at it a bit. It's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So, uh, socials? Right. Hey, Rage, why don't you hit him with the socials? Oh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR, or you can be my friend over on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTube by searching for that. On Twitter, at JMA4707. Find me on Twitch, still playing the shittiest vampire in... um, my Vampire the Masquerade game, we do that over on uh, TV slash Runic Arts. The biggest asshole for sure. In our most recent session, I uh, successfully I mean, the, the players knew, but their characters didn't. So I su- successfully lied to a bunch of characters to double dip on a deal to score uh, human organs and blood um, so that my character can level up more because we're using a custom rule where that you in order to get bonus experience you can like do extra feedings so my dude eats people um also he's gonna be like you in fat yeah but my my dude my dude eats people so it like I, I lied to some players i double dipped on a deal i was trying to broker to where that each player is gonna be searching for me to have uh, or searching for me like cadavers and bringing me humans that um, are like criminals or whatever to kill. That's great. <laughs> and But they're like, God, you're a bastard. And I'm like, I know, right? And, it, and it's like our two characters, like in, in character, if we play them, like they're never going to ask each other about this. I was like, I know. I am a, a smart boy who is good at manipulating people. Silence. Yeah, it's just silence. Because yeah. no fucking comment. Yep. I mean, that's literally like being a good therapist means you're good at manipulating people. Just you use your superpower for good instead of evil. So every day I I talk to people all day and work to convince them to change their lives for the better. Generally speaking, I'm pretty and good. And sometimes at it. you have a pancreas. Sometimes <laughs> Yes. Sometimes I, I eat a pancreas. Dude. Uh, for real, if eating a pancreas would fix my diabetes, bet your ass I'd be eating a pancreas. Yeah, but see, you have to harvest it yourself. That's fine. Some 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 cadaver somewhere doesn't need that pancreas anymore. Uh, I'm sure there's a few anti-vaxxers yeah, that you could uh, talk about. Yeah, but yeah. what if I get the COVIDs from eating an anti-vax pancreas? I don't want that. I don't know if that's possible. They're not doing tests on people eating human flesh and what that does to them. <laughs> well, look at it this way. Uh, uh, you won't have to worry about catching stupid from them. That is true. But it's pretty sure that one's genetic. Right. And we all know it's the COVID shot that changes your DNA, not the you know, eating people. Right. But yeah, did I say all my things? YouTube, Twitter, uh, Twitch? I don't think so. Uh, Twitch. Uh, tell them anyway. Twitch at JMA4707 or not Twitch, Twitter at <laughs> JMA4707 you see me shit post. come to the Discord 
be my friend, jarthur4707, also on Steam. Yeah, we're starting to get tired of a little punch drunk, I think. Absolutely. I've been tired for two hours. I stood up for a little while. I I adjusted my mic and stood up. That helped. Anyways. No comment. Anyway, uh, if you wish to contact us, once again, vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, tweet them, vglpodcast, or drop by the Discord, which you can find at vglpodcast.podbean.com with the show notes, the RSS feed, if you wish to share the love. Or you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this band as possible. You can find that over at, po- at patreon.com slash podcast. Our intro down to music is on the ground by Kim McLeod, and our discovery key music is doubly due by the same artist. You can find his work over at incompetech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, pull by now. See ya. Bye-bye.